Hey there, people-powered business community. Are you ready to transform the way you handle difficult conversations in your business? If so, I'd love you to join me for the Mastering Difficult Conversations workshop that I'm running next week. In just three interactive online sessions on the 18th, 20th and 22nd of March, you'll discover your unique leadership style, you'll master the art of impactful communication by learning the translation code, and you'll build your personalized difficult conversations framework. Imagine tackling tricky team talks with confidence and ease, all for the special price for you listeners of just $47. But hurry, spots limited to ensure that we have an engaging experience for everyone. It's time to go from overwhelmed to empowered and lead your business with confidence. Just head over to peoplepoweredbusiness.com.au forward slash workshop to secure your seat now. Welcome to the People Powered Business Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lee Billet. If you employ staff, engage contractors, or rely on people to help deliver your products or services, you're in the right place. Join us each week as we dive in to uncover what makes people tick, learn the best strategies and tactics to build an amazing team, and most importantly, discover how you, the business owner or leader, can unleash the power of your people to help create the successful business you deserve. Let's get started. Hey there, it's Christy Lee here and welcome to episode number 197 of the People Powered Business Podcast. Great to have you here for this week's episode. We are at the time of recording drawing closer and closer to Christmas, which feels kind of odd because it's still very busy. People are still frantically getting things done. How is your pre-Christmas going? I have just caught up with a group of other business owners and all equally surprised that things have not in any way, shape or form started to slow down in December and sort of uh, going ahead at a really fast pace. So how's it going for you? How is your pre-Christmas going? I certainly thought I'd be able to take a breath by now, but not to be the case and largely because of what we are chatting about on today's podcast. Now, I'm wondering whether you got into business for the love of HR compliance or to spend your December carefully watching the government's every move to see if they are about to throw us some curveballs or even some bombshells for businesses when it comes to industrial relations reforms. No? Surprising, right? Guess what? Neither did I. But that's exactly what we are dealing with. We are in an environment of high-paced change, really, when it comes to industrial relations legislation right now which sometimes isn't a bad thing. I don't think change is always bad, and in fact, sometimes it's very good. But it feels like there's a lot and a lot of changes that are not particularly being clearly articulated. You have to really go digging for information, and even then it is vague at best. And changes that come into play mid-December are never fun to deal with. And do you know what? I remember this time last year we were doing exactly the same thing. Now, we've discussed on the podcast before why we're going through a period of change. We've had a change in government. They have a different agenda. Their focus when it comes to workplaces and employment is very different. But this last round of changes, for some reason, has some people very, very rattled. Certainly, some industry groups are sending some very direct communication out there. Um, Some associations are feeling offended And they've got a lot to say and they're voicing it very, very clearly. So I thought we should touch base on these last raft of changes to really unpack is 
this cause for panic? Should it be cause for panic? Or are this closing the loophole situation, is it just simply that? Or is it causing chaos? Because I feel like a lot of people are really, really worried about these changes. So in today's episode, I wanted to unpack for you what exactly went down on the last sitting day of parliament what has actually happened, what's real and what's not, because there's a lot of information out there that is not actually real, and what's on the cards for 2024 in regards to phase two of these discussions. So let me set some records straight for you today, and you can make your own decisions whether they are simply closing loopholes or causing chaos for employers when it comes to these changes. So if you're wondering what on earth I'm talking about, the government has been trying to push through a raft of changes. It is part of the Fair Work Act Amendment, Closing the Loopholes Bill is the actual name of it. So you might remember this time last year, we were dealing with the Fair Work Act Amendment, Better Jobs, Secure Jobs, Better Pay Bill, it was, uh, that those changes have rolled through. This is a different bill that has been in front of Parliament, and it is to make amendments to the Fair Work Act, which is our core piece of industrial relations legislation, and it is focused on closing loopholes that that exist in the current legislation. So on the surface, sounds pretty simple, sounds pretty sensible, right? The reality is this thing has been in Parliament for months, and no one can agree on anything. And that's why it has been such a drama. And it is also why we've really taken our eye off it, because it was very clear this thing was not going to pass in its current form. So the amendments tabled in this bill were very wide-reaching, very broad. They touched on various elements of the Fair Work Act and associated legislation around the periphery as well. And there was something like, I want to say 15, that is pulling a number out of the air, but it's about right. changes that were tabled as part of this bill. Now, that's a lot, right? And some of them impacted businesses and people and employees in different ways. Some were going to require radical change. Some were very simple change. So not surprisingly, as it stood, um, it's been problematic, hotly debated, and certainly not agreed on. Now, the Industrial Relations Minister was adamant that he was trying to push the bill through in its full and complete form. So he was not willing to break the bill apart. And he's been very adamant about that, despite requests from you know independent ministers and a whole range of other things. And so that has been, you know, very much the agenda. It's got to go through as it is. It was clearly not going to go through as it was. Um, so previously it had been pretty much off the cards. And largely because some of the changes that were tabled were very, very contentious and not something a lot of people were very happy about. I'm going to get into some of those elements in a moment, but it was just too controversial. And as I said, the minister involved was adamant that he was not going to break the bill in part, but then, as always does happen, a deal is struck on the back corridors of Parliament House with two independent senators and the Industrial Relations Minister and they agreed to split the bill into two sections. Now, this happened on the last day that Parliament was sitting for 2023, which was early December. So from something that was going to be absolutely not happening this year, within 24 hours it was suddenly happening, and what they did was they broke the bill apart into two sections, and the less controversial areas were rushed through literally rushed through on the last day of sitting for Parliament and were passed into law. Now, there is a process that needs to go on beyond that, which is called royal assent. 
it's really a formality. It doesn't change what the end game is going to be. So it's passed, right? This first tranche of changes. So they've split the bill in two and they've rushed through to pass the first round of changes. Now, it did not go down well with industry groups, with employer associations, with businesses generally, largely because it was rushed through with not enough time for consideration, proper proper debate, proper deliberation. So people are very upset about that. And I think that's fair to be upset. This is law. Like we don't want this going through without proper consideration. But the reality is it's now passed and it's not our job to make the decisions about what is and isn't law. It's our job to get our heads around it and make sure we're compliant. And that's what we're chatting about today. So that's what went down and it's why we've ended up where we are right now. And it's why a lot of people are suddenly worried about HR compliance in December, which is not a time anyone wants to be worried about it. But let's break down what has actually happened. Because as I said, there's a lot of misinformation out there. There is a lot of scaremongering, a lot. And really, does it require that level of chaos? Let's unpack what actually did pass. And then we're going to talk about the bits that haven't even, that have been separated off and are not even going to be spoken about again until next year. So there's been a range of changes, maybe five or six. There's some other ones that have happened as well, which are more part of workplace health and safety law, which I won't get into, but were very important. Um, but the changes that actually made it through as part of this part one tranche were really the ones that were pretty much everyone agreed to. They were pretty sensible by and large. There's one or two that are slightly contentious, and I'll get into that in a moment, but they're pretty sensible. So the first change that is passed, and it will take effect immediately after Royal Assent happens, is that there is a small business redundancy exemption clarification, if you like. So this is around closing a loophole, as the, t- the title of the bill suggests, that deals with redundancies that occur when a business changes in size significantly. So as the law stands currently, for most employers, not all employers, but for most employers who employ 14 or fewer employees, they do not have to pay redundancy pay if they make a position redundant, where all other businesses with 15 plus employees do. Now, there are exceptions to that, building and trades particularly, but check your award. That is not legal advice and it's not holistic, but For the majority of employers who are small business employers, they don't need to pay redundancy pay. Now, a loophole existed whereby a big business could start to do redundancies and obviously need to pay redundancy pay and maybe retain a core group of staff to tidy up the mess of a, you know, uh, shrinking business or business closed down. Maybe they retain 10 staff to tidy up the last few months and suddenly those staff were not eligible for redundancy pay because at the time their redundancy took effect, the business was small, but everyone else who worked in the business with them for maybe the last five or 10 years were getting redundancy payments. So you can see clearly a loophole existed there and, you know, a savvy employer could take advantage of that, of course. So they have closed that loophole off and there'll be changes to the rules around that to prevent businesses using that as a loophole. It's pretty sensible. It's, you know, maybe not popular with everyone, but it's not outlandish and it's certainly no need for panic stations. So that's the first change. The second change, and I've heard people talk about this change like it applies to every employee, and it's simply not the case. So you may have heard the term same job, same pay bandied about. And I guess it might be common sense or, you know, it might make sense that you assume that applies to everyone. But the same job, same pay laws that came into effect 
don't apply to everyone. They apply to a very small proportion of employees. And this was around closing a loophole that, again, was largely used by large businesses, whereby they would use labour hire agencies to get work done at a cheaper price than they could if they needed to employ people directly. So let's think about a scenario where maybe at an airport, people are employed as baggage handlers. And that's a role that obviously requires a lot of people. There's a lot of luggage that goes through airports, right? And maybe an airport is paying their employees a certain amount and they're engaging labor hire employees to do the exact same job for a cheaper amount. This loophole that's being closed will prevent that from happening. And if you're using a labor hire agency, you will need to pay them the same that you would pay an employee in your business if they are doing the same job. That's it. It doesn't apply to anyone else. There may even be some small business exemptions that are yet to be released on this, but that's it. It is not everyone in every circumstance. It's if you are using labor hire to do the same work that you've got existing employees doing, you've got to pay them the same. Simple. Not a big deal. Probably won't apply to most people. The next one, which is probably the most contentious, I'll give you that, is that there's been some expansion of rights to union delegates, who are also obviously employees. Part of this is they will need to be paid by the employer to attend relevant training. Now, this has sent a lot of people into quite the tailspin. Employers largely don't love union activity in their workplace, and they don't love having to pay for employees to be part of unions or to to do training, to be a union delegate, and this new law will allow for that. Now, I totally expect we're going to see some parameters put around this. The bill's just been passed. But right now, this this one does have people up in arms, and maybe it is slightly cause for concern, but again, is not going to apply to every workplace or every employee. So I think we can calm down on that one until we get more information. I stand to be corrected on calming down, but until we get more information. Now, there's been some expansion of anti-discrimination measures so that people who are victims of or suffering from or experiencing family and domestic violence are protected under anti-discrimination laws. I don't know anyone that's going to have a problem with that, so can't see any major issues. We have seen wage theft become criminalised. Now, this only applies if you are doing it intentionally. So if you make a mistake and accidentally underpay an employee and the Fair Work Commission let you know and you fix the situation, no problems. But if you get told you're underpaying and you refuse to fix it, that is now a criminal offence. So you have to be intentionally doing the wrong thing. Again, most people don't have an issue with this because most people aren't doing the wrong thing. Now, that isn't even coming into effect till 2025, and there's got to be some small business stuff built around this, so some small business compliance coding and some support and training for small businesses to help them become compliant. So as long as you're doing the right thing, you should be fine. Now, there's been some changes around workplace health and safety, and this is where the other silica stuff comes in. Also, there's been some changes to how PTSD is dealt with with first responders. Some of that's going to come into place immediately. No one's got a problem with that. Like, we want to look after our first responders. And industrial manslaughter has been criminalised. And again, I don't think most people have a problem with that. So, as you can see, there's actually not a lot to panic about. Yes, the union delegate issue may cause a few challenges. Other than that, if you are doing the right thing, you don't have a lot to worry about with these first the changes. No dramas. However, what's on the horizon is that cause for panic. So the part of the bill that got separated off and it will go back into Parliament for debate next year is much broader. 
it contains much more controversial terms and proposed changes. These include changes to casual employment again. Just got to remember this government is keen to make employment more secure. Casual employment is not secure. They are going to endeavour to make changes to minimalise casual employment. Really interestingly, they're looking at changing the definition of employment. This is going to have a big impact on subcontracting arrangements. And of course, this has to do with the gig economy. I was just catching up with a group of business owners and they were sharing a story of someone in their life who is holding multiple side gigs, if you like. And the concern that generationally we would see that as insecure, but it's very much the way new world of work is working and our industrial relations structure doesn't deal with it. So there is going to be some regulations around that. Now, that's really interesting. It's going to be a very interesting space to watch and it could fundamentally change a lot and it could be quite concerning. Like that could be reasons for concern. They're going to look to deal with sham contracting arrangements. Now, that is another big, big area. So, And there's a lot more to do with unions, um, enterprise agreement making, franchises making enterprise agreements. So it's much, much broader. So the changes that they're going to deal with next year, and these are yet to be debated, yet to be agreed upon, so are far from definite, they are a much bigger deal. They are something we want to be watching much more closely. But the changes that have come through now, yes, the timing's terrible. No one wants to deal with this in December. I get it. However, I don't think they are cause for panic. So just to recap, the last sitting day of Parliament saw the Fair Work Act Amendment closing the loopholes bill cut up into two pieces, with one piece rushed through Parliament on that day and passed through Parliament. Those changes we've discussed here today, I don't think they're cause for massive concern. Phase two will be debated next year in 2024 and contains much more controversial content and much more controversial proposed changes. We will be watching that closely and it's important as an employer that you are across that closely as well. And stay tuned because we will cover it here on the podcast, of course. So, Does that have you feeling a little better about these changes, a little more secure, a little less uncertain? It's a lot to get your head around, I get it, and no one wants to be dealing with this at this time of year. But as I said, we don't get to make the rules. We do have to play with them, though, so that's what we're chatting about today. Now, as always, if you would like to connect with other like-minded business owners, leaders, and managers, please come and join us in our Facebook group, HR Support for Australian Businesses, had someone join the group just this morning who joined us from the podcast, so welcome to them. Um, we'd love to see you there. All right, that is a wrap for this week's episode of the podcast, and I'll be back again next week with a brand new episode. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your week.